0: Hello. Trisha? Yeah. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you.
0: Okay,
2: good. All right, everybody, and welcome to Our View podcast. Uh, this will be episode two for Our View. Uh, I think about episode four since the podcast has started, but this is... This will be an episode on fear, so share your questions, concerns, and uh, we'll be with you that. So welcome listeners on the podcast and welcome listeners on Facebook Live. This podcast is sponsored by Perfect Piece of Puzzles. Do know that none... uh, None of the opinions shared on this podcast is, uh, of any personal entity, uh, perfect piece of the puzzle, citywide council on special education, or parent to parent. Uh, I would like to introduce, uh, my co-hosts. First, I would like to introduce, uh, Maria Liriano, and she is a mom of two awesome babies. Uh, one who is uh, on the spectrum. We also have Gloria Corsino. She is the mom of three. She's the co-chair of the Citywide Council on Special Education. And uh, two of her babies are on the spectrum. Uh, We also have Ellen... McHugh, who is also the other co-chair of on the Citywide Council on Special Education, she is also um, the mom of us all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, she is the the vet in um, in all of this, and she has the knowledge and experience. She also works with Parent to Parent of New York State and so she should be on shortly also um all of these awesome moms have worked closely with uh uh, various organizations uh especially working with the division on special education to help our kids uh, so, the purpose of this podcast, and every week that we do it, is to provide a relatable voice to parents of children with disabilities. Uh, we provide information and in direct contact with persons at the DOE for support regarding special education-related services in New York City. And we provide entertainment to the masses, because we are a barrel of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> really? <laughs> as you can tell um <laughs> uh so i guess we can start off the podcast uh with uh maria for tonight hi um so we just uh,
0: uh hello good evening uh, we wanted to also share uh, that there was an article uh, this week that came out in the New York Times where um, Trisha and her wonderful son were featured. Uh, the article is called "This is Schooling for Now. This is Schooling Now for 200,000 New York City children in special education. Um, it's a wonderful article. We're very proud of Trisha for sharing her journey. And uh, we hope that uh, you guys are able to look it up and and get a good read. We are also um, still waiting on Ellen. She's having a little difficulty getting on, so I just want to preface that, uh, but she should be getting on soon. Trisha.
2: Ah, uh, so. Today's topic, what's today's topic? Uh, What are some of the fairs that come up when you think about your child's future regarding remote learning? So I will put the first uh, speaker. You have, each speaker will speak for two minutes, um, giving their fairs. And I will go with Maria. So um,
0: this week uh, has been especially challenging for me and my son, Jackson. Um, It's been quite emotional uh, because I have a fear that he is going to lose uh, his social skills. And this is something that we've been working on with him for years, for his entire life. And... Um, we know that school has benefited him in in this area because you know he has n- sort of no choice but to socialize. Um, and I, i've I've noticed that there are some behaviors that are coming up when it comes to teletherapy and um, meeting with a class online. Um, and uh, I'm sure that that all has to do with anxiety. And you know different behaviors like you know picking at his face or scratching his hair or getting up to use the bathroom for a, a long period of time. I myself have, you know, a history in the escape those same escape mechanisms for uh, when I get anxious, um, and it's been a real fear. I am uh, I I don't want him to lose the skills that he's learned and um regression is you know real so this is this is something that i've that i've been fearing
3: gloria um so my fear is always been um children with uh disabilities tend to suffer with depression and nobody tends to actually point it out because they just focus on the disability um, and I think that, uh, Stephen's fear or depression is, uh, kicking in much more since remote learning started. Um, there's, even though we have a structured home, we certainly do encounter the meltdowns. Um, and we are now ex- exhibiting way more seizures than we normally, um, have. he, his seizures are controlled with medication, but they have been propping up much more often and it has caused um, delays in remote learning for whatever we are capable of doing with two children on spectrum trying to do it in two rooms. Um, so my fear is that while focusing on his health, we are not getting to focus on the remote learning. And learning that he's not participating in because it's not as what he's used to in his everyday life since he started school. So yeah, the depression is kicking in and I'm seeing a lot of regression and we haven't seen that in a long time. So it's a lot, it's very scary. So if it's scary for me, it's just gotta be just as scary for other
2: parents. Yeah, so we have... One parent, her name is Izilia, that said the academic slide is one of her fears, and she said, you know, the summer slide is very real for most children, and now with remote learning, will happen. What will happen to them? She said. Also, children with dyslexia learn different, um, and for me, I've I've noticed a lot of because um, I I mean I try to keep up with social media and seeing what other people are trying to do or or how they're coping or actually looking for tools and techniques to to better my um, remote learning. And a lot of parents are concerned about regression. Um, And I think that's something I've talked about before this whole remote learning came into place. And it's still a very real thing that, what we're working what we have worked towards for so long is now going to set them back within months um so what does that look like when we come out of this how do we get our kids back on track and where's the support for that what does that look like you know So uh, so another question that we kind of have in as a sub to that is is what do we do with these fears as adults? You know, because we're the ones that are kind of going through it with our kids, but of course we have the fears for them. So what do we do with these fears? And I'll start with Maria.
0: So, you know, fears are really either tied to something in the past that you don't want to repeat or not knowing um, what the future will be. And um, I think for now, uh, the only way that I'm able to um, calm those fears and to continue is to just live in the present moment with my son. Like, what can I do right now that would make him feel better, that would make him less anxious um, and speak to his therapist about it, Um, speak to his social worker. And I did actually, I I had a conversation with a social worker and she said to me, well, perhaps, you know, um, perhaps during the next, you know, class uh, interaction that, that, you have um, maybe you can just prepare him ahead of time and say look Jackson you can say hello but you don't have to say anything else today why don't you just sit and just listen to the class and you know there's no pressure to participate and to be honest I I did it and he like all, all of those behaviors um, were you know went down to about 50%. So there was a lot less of the picking of the face, of the scratching of the, you know, he was just able to just sit and listen because there was no anxiety as to when are they gonna call on me? uh, And what do I have to say? So, you know, so living in the moment and reaching out um, to your therapist and um, to school social work, I say, uh, you know, was something that really helped me with my fear.
3: Gloria? Um, so I use a little bit of what you use. I I reach out. I speak out so I can work it out. Um, don't do it alone. Don't sit there and let it cripple you. Um Sometimes just saying it out loud to someone else gives you the answers that you're looking for. Um, and you'd be surprised how much more you actually have the answer inside yourself um, than you think you know. Uh, but sometimes when you're living in the moment, you need to say it out loud so that you can actually hear yourself think it and then respond to yourself. Um not that necessarily my responses are the best but sometimes it makes me my mind start going
2: uh so I mean I've 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 been coping I mean at this point I'm <laughs> I, I've been coping with my friend Tequila <laughs> i have been coping I mean, <laughs> right you know, the wine, whatever. But I had to kind of re, re reassess kind of what I could manage and release the expectations I have for what it's supposed to look like and kind of just do what I what I do best. So my Fears are diminishing. I mean, I, I'm still thinking of, you know, what does this look like once we come out of it? But for right now, I can only do what I can control. And I'm pretty much taking control of my household um, and doing the things that he likes to do. But I also, in the midst of it, doing what I know has, has worked, tried and true for our at-home life, and so that's kind of what I've been managing. Um, So, like, my fears right now are, like, I'm, like, in task mode. Uh, We have... Finally, we have Ellen on the call. So, I would like to give Ellen some time to kind of give her tips or coping mechanisms, because Ellen, like I said, Ellen's our our mom of all moms, and uh, she has been in this much longer than the rest of us have. So I want to be able to give Ellen some time to share her, share her uh, experience and how we can manage. Did did I not get it on? Maybe not. It says she's joined,
3: but I don't think it's allowing her to speak.
2: All right. Wow. We also have a special guest. Uh, Her name is Aizalia. Aizalia, are you on?
1: Yes. Can you hear me?
2: Yes. Um, oh, Isilia is also on the citywide council on special education. I had invited her here to kind of give her um, feedback on outside of you know our expected. Uh, uh, Ellen's finally in. <laughs> also, mm. uh, outside of us, uh, give another perspective on on her experiences through this remote learning. So, Isilia,
1: you have two minutes. Oh, yes. Okay, no problem. Well, I want to say thank you. Um, it's, it's been very trying. I'll, I'll be quite honest with you guys, as everyone can imagine. My oldest son also suffers from anxiety, ADHD, and, and he's on the spectrum. So it's actually the most anxiety producing for him. And I think what's really has him more anxious is the fact that he can only communicate with his friends after class, through the internet, and if someone doesn't call him up or pick up the phone, like he feels very rejected and hurt by that, and he's he has a hard time grasping the fact that maybe they're just busy with something else, or you know they have time restrictions. So that is is kind of the social aspect is very hard for him. Um, for my daughter, who has dyslexia and ADHD she's not as socially inclined as he is although she also misses her friends but she doesn't take it to heart as much as he as he does Um, but she's she has a different set of barriers because she's trying to get her sets in she's trying to get her Orthon Gillenham in and that in of itself you know having someone kind of teach them remotely about tapping out their words and decoding their words. That's, that's, that's a, that is a period of adjustment and I don't think she's quite adjusted to it. And it's even more difficult if you don't have a printer because you have to print out so much work for her. I, I, I print out like about 50 to 60 pages a week just for her alone you know, because some of the work requires physicality, you know, the physical writing, the, the writing on a piece of paper and things of that sort. So that actually adds another layer of complexity for us. Hmm. So, Azalea,
0: what do you do with those fears? What what are well, your mechanisms?
1: My personally, I just scream a lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I joke. I joke. Um, you know, I've been. I I myself. I am trying. I'm a. I'm a. I am a list maker. So I, I write everything down, and I feel a sense of accomplishment. And I have my son do it. Where we'll sit there when he's going through his. His list of the day, I'll sit there with him. I say, okay, so you've got this to do, this to do, and we write it down. And I have him check it off so he can feel a sense of accomplishment. And that seems to make him feel a little bit better. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. awesome. So, Ellen. And,
2: and Ellen, on. you're there. Great. Ellen's on. I I hope I am. <laughs> Yes, yeah. she is yay so while we have this Ellen on because I mean so far we don't have any questions from Facebook live so Ellen you have the floor three minutes your experience three minutes on now. three minutes on on fear, on
4: fear is fear not in enough your
2: experience.
4: time yeah <laughs> <laughs> experiences are a whole another piece of work um the biggest fear i guess we all have is when somebody says there's something wrong what what is that what does that mean what where where did it happen how did it happen why did it happen and you begin to fear your own ability to cope and you begin to fear your own ability to help the child which is essentially what you want to do and the bigger, then as the child grows older, I know as my son grew older, I was always afraid that I'd missed that one thing that would have turned it around. Or I missed that one therapy session that would have allowed him to master a task he hasn't mastered. That I'd miss getting the right doctor or I'd miss getting the right teacher After a while, the only thing I began to do is miss and fear. And it took a long time to get past all that. And I cried a lot, a lot. I cried out of fear. I cried out of anger. I cried out of frustration. And then I I cried just because I was crying. You get lost in it. Coming out on the other side is... Well, it's analogous to coming out on the other side of this coronavirus piece. You don't know what's going to be on the other side. The one thing I can say that he taught me is that I can look, I can step to the edge and look down. It may not be a pretty picture, and I may be a little wobbly, but I can at least step to the edge. And you know, I, I hate the phrase push the envelope or any of those other. Trite sayings we've all developed to handle the fact that we're afraid to go forward. But looking, looking down in the abyss or looking down in the, into the cave, however you want to describe it, um, I think it, in in some ways it made it easier for me to fight back because I wasn't leaving this kid. <laughs> And I wasn't I wasn't afraid to say I wasn't leaving this kid. And I wasn't afraid to say to anybody, what do you mean he can't do that? Or what do you mean he can't go here? You have to remember, too, when my son is 42. So when he was first identified, there was nothing. They, the, I remember the doctor saying, well, Mrs. McHugh, you can always take him home and love him. By that time, I was so frustrated with the doctor, I just said, no, I'm going to take him home and flush him. What the heck did you think I was going to do? So you learn to drop some of those polite attitudes that your parents so lovingly pounded into you. Um, I question anybody and anything when he was little. It didn't make me fearless But it made me fear less than I had before he was identified. Before he was identified, you feared all kinds of things. Once there was an identification, it was like, well, all right, what are my next steps? And yes, I was like a bull in a china shop, but again, Maybe as you mature with age, you become a little bit more mellow, but any one of the four of you know I'm not. (laughs) I'm still a bull in a china shop. (laughs) The the other thing that fear taught me is that the the child is fearless. Mm. You forget Mm. how fearless they are. You watch them when they're a year old or two years old, even three. And of course, when they get to be junior high school, they know everything anyway. So you don't really need to exist. But, you know, maybe some of some of his courage rubbed off. That's more than three minutes, lady. I know. I know.
2: There was so we miss much. missed you, we miss you, right? And you then there was the so much. <laughs> To, um, there was so much to unpack that <laughs> oh don't go and- all trite on me unpack and all that stuff <laughs> there's a lot to
4: handle with these
3: kids.
4: I'm not going to unpack it I haven't been on a journey do not give me that stuff about being on a journey this ain't the journey I chose
3: mm. <laughs> I but the one you navigate yeah right yeah
2: oh know. we have one, one question from from Facebook and the question is how are you explaining this concept of quote pandemic to your child without conveying your own fear that's a good one
0: mm. I'm just very simple about it with um, Jackson said so look there, there is a virus going around it's called well, the coronavirus This is why school is closed. This is why we have school at home. Um, We have to be very careful because this virus gets people sick and we don't want to get sick. And that's that. I don't need to go into the full details and put my fears on him because God knows
3: he has enough happening.
2: G, Gloria?
3: Well, I'm thankful for autism because Steven doesn't care. He just wants to go to school. But when I tell him later... He's fine in that moment. And, you know, I mean, at least we talk about, you know, soon, soon. But I don't have to get into details with him because it doesn't, it probably would not absorb the same way. He just knows that he can't go right now. Um, But when he starts asking, I just call his para um, or I'll call his teacher on FaceTime and and they will kind of like distract him. And then we're off the topic of, why are we not in school? I still see the people that I love. <clears throat> uh,
1: isalia I I try and just keep it simple. I I just let them know that right now there's... Depends on the age of the child. My 10-year-old, he understands the concept of a virus. The 8-year-old, she kind of gets it. But, you know, I, I just say it's a bug, and it's a pretty nasty bug, and, and we have to stay home right now. But it's going to end and everything will be okay in the long run. Okay. I just try and keep it as simple and as possible.
2: Yeah. I don't have those problems. We don't even talk about it.
1: He has no <laughs> idea.
2: He has no clue. I think that's kind of my upside. Cause I'm like, I don't even have to explain it. I mean, even though tonight he has to go to school, I was like soon, soon, you know, like the soon mm-hmm. theory soon. He doesn't yeah. know when it just, it's yeah. soon. So I don't have to really right, and then he's over Dang and he's
3: him.
2: you know knocked out, and then it's the next day. Dang but he, during the day, day it's, the it's day. really not a question or a ask at this point. Um, I like the theory.
4: There. I like the soon theory.
3: <laughs>
4: that's a that's that's a nice way to
2: put it. Soon, For the child who's little, yeah, yeah. Um, so as we like to end off our podcast, we like to end on a high note. So what is one thing from this week that was a happy, funny, or aha moment for your child? And we'll start with Maria.
0: A funny moment this week. Uh, Jackson had to display a talent. And make a video and um, so you know just trying to explain talent was a task for me for him to, <laughs> to understand um, so he decided that he was funny and I said okay and so I pressed record and he, I guess he started making a joke and he said today today's weather is a um, will be sunny with a chance of doom, doom. And he started saying doom. And I could not stop laughing. And I don't know where he got it from, but it was
3: the best video ever.
2: (laughs) Wonderful. Gloria?
3: So uh, this week we talked about, um, you know, talking about, we were talking about um, having a day of not doing any work. But I said to him that he has, he still had to do work on Tuesday. And he said, "Whatever," and it was just a clear moment, and it was just the funniest. <laughs> and I was like, "Did I, I just hear it. attitude from a twenty-year-old?" You know, <laughs> and it was just pretty funny. So, and it was that moment that you realize that there is a lot of stuff that's going in, um, and what they pick up. So it was appropriate to what I was re- what I was requesting of him in that
1: moment.
2: <laughs>
1: awesome, uh, Azelia. Um the eight-year-old had to do a video on what what her favorite holidays were. And she specifically said, I- I'm not a big fan of President's Day. I just <laughs>
3: <laughs> give him the time. <laughs> that was great. That's a good
4: cool <laughs> <one. laughs> Out of
2: the mouths of babes.
4: Wait,
2: I, thought, I thought that was funny. Uh, oh my um, God, that is too funny. How do you? How do I? Call, how do I follow that? <laughs> you don't. You can't. I you don't. The only only ups. I mean, aside from um, aside from us reenacting uh some lines from The Lion King because that's been on repeat, but uh. An uh, interesting thing happened this week. He uh, said his last name,
1: Ooh, and nice. his, last name,
2: his last name is quite complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and and it's funny because his typically developing brother, who is eight nineteen now, when he was younger. When he said his last name, he said "woo," and for for my kid to say his last name clearly was quite long. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Imagine that! Like he actually (laughs) was able to say his last name, but a typically developing child could not." Oh, he said (laughs) "woo." (laughs) I thought you were going
4: to say that your 18-year-old still didn't know his last name.
2: (laughs) Imagine. His father would have a fit.
4: There there were times when my kids were 18 where they shouldn't have known their last name because all they did was get in trouble. (laughs) Well, at least it wasn't a
2: woo There you go. With that being said, I would like to thank everyone for listening. This, we went like three minutes over, guys, which isn't too bad. Oh my God. <sighs> okay. Three minutes isn't too, too shabby. Uh, at this point, we might end up doing a 45 minute show. I don't know about you, ladies, what you think. But I'm, as of right now, <laughs> as, of, as of right now, it's the as end long as of- you. As long as As you pick up the phone, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Plug me in, girl. (laughs) Uh, Always a glitch, always keeping me on my toes. These awesome ladies, I thank you so much for showing up, showing out, and sharing your views. Thank you so much to our listeners. Thank you so much to everybody that is on asking questions, sharing their tips, giving us encouragement. We hope you tune in next week. Of course, we have other things to say and um, keep you abreast of how things are ever changing in the world of special education, remote learning and teletherapy at home. We would like to say thank you for listening to our VIEW podcast and stay tuned next week again at 8.30 on Sunday for episode three. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night, night, night,
1: everybody. Bye. Bye.